Welcome to Grace Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name's Nate Davison, and I am your host here at Grace Story Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode here, which is a bonus episode. Uh, here at Grace Story Ministries, we're all about getting resources and education out to individuals just like you who are on their journey of restoration. So we figured let's let's pop out a, a bonus episode um, of a talk that Mark Cravens had at Grace Story 2020. Uh, that year, the theme was uh, Brave, and uh, he... Uh, put out a, a wonderful presentation on communion, and we wanted you to be able to be a part of that. So here's a clip from Mark Craven's presentation at Grace Story 2020 on communion. I want us to travel back in time. I want us to go back to the days of Jesus and the Passover. Events are already in place. Events that will not only alter time, but events that will alter eternity. Jesus has already come into the city, the triumphal entry, the crowd shouting Hosanna as they wave the palm branches and as they throw their coats in the ground. He has already cleansed the temple, establishing himself to be the Son of God without apology. The plot of betrayal is already in place. Things are set in motion. Crosses have been built. And the Passover is at hand. It's interesting to me as I read Luke's account of the Passover that Luke has some very fascinating and meaningful words that I want us to look at for a few moments before we receive communion in just a little while. In Luke's gospel in chapter 22 at verse 14 and 15, it says, When the hour had come, he, Jesus, sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And then he said to them, listen closely, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. One translation says it like this, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. Phillips, I love his translation, And he says it like this, with all my heart, I have longed to eat this Passover with you. Do you catch the power of those words? Do you you see that in Jesus' heart, this yearning, this longing... I mean, this word desire is so powerful that in other passages of Scripture, it is even translated as lust and covet. That's how strong this word is. Jesus is saying the Passover is nigh, and as he sets down, he says to them, guys, man, you have no idea. I have so longed for this time together. 
my heart is long to eat with you. Now, let me try to explain it like this. How many of you know what's coming up here in about two weeks? Anybody know? No, it won't be Black Friday shopping, sadly, right? But Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving time will come, and I don't know about you, but Thanksgiving is one of the most favorite times of the year. Is it yours? It's about, it's about my most favorite time. And we're already buying the groceries, and things are stockpiled, and our, and our cupboards won't even hold all the things we've already bought now to get ready for Thanksgiving. But that, that time will come when my family will gather in, and my daughters and sons-in-laws and grandchildren will be there. And I'll pull up the chair, and I'll sit there at that table. And we'll all gather around the table. I can't explain this to you. Unless you're a parent or a grandparent, you won't understand this. But at that moment when I sit down and I look over that table, it's not the turkey or the mashed potatoes or the wonderful desserts. But this is what I have longed for. This is what for weeks now I have been waiting for, is to look around that table and to see my family. I'll get choked up. I can't help it. I'll get choked up if they call, which I normally have to pray, and, and I'll, I'll probably cry when I pray. But you see, I have so longed for this meal, this time. It, it's astounding to me. It's amazing to me that the God of the universe says to people like you and me, oh, how I have waited and longed to have this meal with you. Who are these people? I've went back and, I, and, I, and I've looked over and I've reread this account. There's a lot of stuff going on in the upper room. You know, there is, in the upper room, there, there's a lot of confusion in the upper room. There with Jesus for this Passover, the disciples, he's told them a lot of information and, and they don't understand it. They, they, don't, they can't quite grasp it. Even though he's been with them for three years, they still don't seem to be able to get their minds wrapped around it, and they are so confused. There's confusion around the table. There's not only confusion, there's a lot of sadness around the table. Jesus has said to them, I'm going away. I'm going to leave you. Now, I'm not going to leave you orphaned, but, but it doesn't matter. Just the fact that he told them he's leaving has made their hearts sad and troubled. Their sadness. Some of us know what sadness is like. Some of you here today grapple consistently with times of sadness in your life, the death of a loved one, the empty seat at the table, a marriage that fell apart, whatever it may be, there's sadness. There's not only sadness around this table. You know what? This is a bunch of imperfect people. I want you to catch this. 
Jesus is about ready to have this meal. And don't miss it. This meal that he says, I have desired this so greatly. With all my heart, I have longed for this time to eat this Passover with you. And yet, when you look at them, when you look at them, they're marked with so much imperfection. I hate to tell you this, but if you go in the same chapter, just a few more verses, they're going to start talking and arguing over who's the greatest in the kingdom. I, I hate to tell you this, but nobody was willing to take up the towel but Jesus and wash feet. When you, when you look at the lives of these disciples, yes, they had forsaken all to follow Jesus. And yes, they loved Jesus. And yes, they, they, they had abandoned so much. But but there was yet so much work. These men didn't have it all together. These men would be years still trying to piece their lives together. They're imperfect. Anybody besides me here understand what it's like to be imperfect? I don't know about you, but some of us grew up in a culture in which there was so much stress on checking the boxes off, of measuring up, of making sure that everything is just right and copacetic in our lives. And, and, and somehow or another, we adopted some kind of an idea that I can only be loved and truly valued once I reach some certain place or station. And only then, only then am I really desirable or worthy of love. These men are imperfect. And yet Jesus, the Son of God, says, I have longed with all my heart to have this meal with you. Hold on to your seatbelt. Not only that, these people are going to fail him soon. In fact, tonight he's going to tell them that all of you are going to forsake me and you're going to flee. And even old bold Simon Peter who stands up and says, Lord, though everybody else forsake you, yet not I, I won't forsake you. And Jesus says, Simon Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And yet, and yet knowing that they're going to fall asleep in the garden when he asks them to watch and pray, knowing that when the torches of the mob come, they're going to run like scared children, knowing that as he warms his hands by the fire, that Peter will three times say, I do not know him. Yet Jesus looks at these men who are just about ready to fail and says to them, I have longed, I have longed to have this Passover with you. Some of you are already scratching your head and wondering where in the world does that fit into my theology. I'm not here to highlight failure by any means. But for some of us who have been down that trail... And for some of us who, like Simon Peter, have wept bitterly, wishing that we could go back and rewind the tape and we could make some choices over and we could do some things differently, 
for those of us who have felt the awful shame and wondered would there ever be hope? Would we ever be able to have joy again in our lives? It's wonderful to know that as I come to the table, that the Christ of glory looks at me and says, Mark, I have longed to have this meal with you. Some of us grew in a tradition, grew up in a tradition where we were almost scared from the, away from the Lord's Supper. Instead of seeing the Lord's Supper, the communion as a means of grace, we saw it as a measuring rod. We, we focused so much and took out of context the whole passage in 1 Corinthians about eating and drinking unworthily and drinking damnation. And, and we heard that passage taken out of context and misused and, until it has literally frightened so many believers away from what ought to be the most wonderful means of grace in all of our lives. On the one hand, it should never be entered into flippantly or carelessly. But I remind every one of us that there's not a one of us, if it's all about worth, there's not one of us worthy to eat at his table. But the wonderful good news of this is that the Christ of glory says to those of us who are broken and in the process of being healed. For those of us who have checkered pasts and things in our lives that we wish so much we could undo. And those of us who are struggling to find our way, we want to serve him. Our heart's desire is to love him and serve him. And to think that he looks at you and he says to you and I with all of our imperfections and our brokenness and says, I have longed to eat this meal with you. I wish somehow before we walk out these doors that somehow you could come to grips with the realization that that is the Christ of this book and that's the Christ who came into this world. In fact, when I get over to the book of Revelation and I read about the Laodicean church, a church that is so dysfunctional and, and needs to repent and whom the Lord is angry with, yet he doesn't close that letter without saying these words. Listen to what he says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and will open the door, I will come in and what? I'll come in and eat with him. And he with me. That's the Jesus who says to these disciples, with all my heart, I have longed to have this Passover with you. You sit there and you wrestle with the whole concept of why would he long to be with me? You can look to the right or to the left and you can say, you know what, I can see why he would long to be with them. But why would he want to be with me? 
with my baggage and my background and my brokenness? Why? Hear his words. Here's why I've wanted to do this with you men, feeble and frail as you are. Here's why. Because as he took the bread, he broke it and said, this is my body that's given for you. And he took the cup after the meal and said, drink this. This is the blood of the new covenant that is shed for you. The reason I have longed for this moment, the reason why I want you to come to this time to the table, the reason why I wanted to have this pass over with you is because I'm not here to highlight your past or your failures or your brokenness or any of that. What I'm here at the table to tell you is that there is one here at the table who longs to be with you because he wants to tell you, I'm giving my life for you. My body my blood I'm doing this for you Jesus himself said no greater love hath any man than this then he laid down his life for his friends Calvin Miller said that heaven from heaven's point of view that the cross is heaven's valentine stained crimson red that says not only I love you, but here's how much I love you. So we look back in history, the communion was always a means of grace. In fact, if you go back and read the invitation that has been the invitation of the church for a hundred of years, it reads like this, you who do earnestly repent of your sins and are in love and charity with your neighbors and intend to lead a new life following the commandments of God and walking from henceforth in his holy ways, draw near with faith and make your humble confession to Almighty God. You see, before we ever had altars in our churches, we had communion tables because they saw the time of the Lord's Supper as a time of coming before God and your brokenness and your humility and your penance and saying, God, here I am. I want to walk with you. I want to live with you. And hear him say, I have longed to have this meal with you. Just a few moments, we're going to partake together of the Lord's Supper. I wish somehow I could help you to see it, not as something to be scared of or fearful of or to feel unworthy of, but to realize how much he loves you and how much he longs to be in this moment and to share with you. 
So much to be processed and understood and heard on all of these presentations. We're very grateful that Mark Cravens was able to be with us that year and share on communion. Uh, if you enjoyed that, head on to GraceStoryMinistries.com uh, and go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter so you can be um, notified and updated when these episodes become available and especially when the archives become available for you to view. We will be back soon into your feed with another episode. Uh, So make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Share this with a friend. Make sure that they get in on all of these great resources as well. Uh, We hope to see you next time. There is no us without you, and we love it every time we hear from you. So we'll be praying for you on your journey of restoration, and we'll see you next time.